Blog Talk Radio.
Hi, I'm Bill Gaither, and what you just saw was uh, a five-minute video of Where Could I Go But to the Lord.
grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us uh, than he that is within this world, God. Uh, we know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, uh, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, uh, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, uh, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Uh, touch us on today, Lord. Uh, we need you like never before. Uh, fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, uh, and give us a refilling, Lord, uh, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord. Uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. When I saw Elon Musk being interviewed on the Babylon Bee, I had a stack of questions. I thought, what is this? Is this a parody? Is this a joke? Is he a Christian? Does he know this is a Christian organization? And when I saw it was real, I couldn't wait for them to share the gospel. So I fast forwarded, and man, you could feel the tension in the air. The mouths were dry. I know that feeling. Well, always, the people always know, it seems like. And um, hey, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. All right, final question to close right. the time out here. Yeah, I mean, we're here. We're, you know, the Babylon Bee is a Christian organization, you know, and uh, we're a ministry. Let me take a minute to say I empathize with these guys. Look at who they were talking to. His interest in Mars spawned SpaceX, rockets that can come and go. Liftoff, simplify, aim high. Heralding a future of interplanetary travel. And then there is Tesla, his vision for electric transportation, that's turning the gas-fueled car industry into a battery-powered future. The person of the year is Elon Musk. Okay. He is reshaping life on Earth and possibly <laughs> life off Earth as well. And, mm -hmm. and this is someone also who, in becoming the richest person in the history of the world this year, really speaks to the moment we're in, to this very complex moment in the world. Just before we look at what they said to him, let me share with you three keys that have helped me get rid of intimidation when it comes to someone's wealth, their fame, or their intellect. The first key is the knowledge this person is not a beast, as evolution says, but is a human being made in the image of God with a God-given conscience, society-shaped, but God-given. I'm not going to address his intellect, I'm going to address his conscience that inner knowledge of right and wrong, and that'll echo the truth of the commandments. That puts him on a level playing field. The second key is that he's been given a will to live. Something in him says, I don't want to die. The young man that led me to Christ 50 years ago, his name was Graham Reed, the whole weekend kept repeating the same thing. He kept saying, Ray Comfort, a Christian, I don't believe it. 
And this is because he wrongly surmised that because I was happy as a non-Christian, I wouldn't be interested in everlasting life. How crazy is that? Because I was happy, I wanted to hold on to this precious life. So when I heard the gospel for the first time, I grabbed it with both hands. He had no idea that despite my success in life, I didn't even know why I was alive. Listen to Elon Musk as he cries out for reality. Do you pray? I don't. I don't even pray when I, when I almost died of malaria. Wow, that's really not praying. Right. And I'm not very religious, but I prayed for this one. Um, I had this like existential crisis when I was a kid and, uh, and tried to figure out what's it all about. And, kind of, and none of the books I read seemed to actually have a good answer. You know, so I, said, I read all the religious texts and I read a bunch of philosophy books and they're all quite depressing. If you don't really know what the meaning of, the, of, of life is. Trying to figure out the meaning of life and well, like what does it all mean because uh, it's, it, it's sort of seeming quite meaningless. I was trying to figure out what's the meaning of life um, and there didn't seem to be any good answer. I was just very curious about the world and um, what, how do we come to be here, what's the meaning of life and all that. And, uh, um, I always had a really intense desire to understand things and learn. Um, yeah, I mean, I had sort of an existential crisis, I guess, when I was I know, 11 or 12 or something, trying to figure out what it's all about, you know, and uh, ultimately came to, the, came to the conclusion that um, we don't really know the answer, but, uh, but if we increase the scope and scale of civilization, then we, uh, we have a much better chance of understanding the meaning of life and why, why we're here or even what are the right questions to ask. Do you believe in God? I believe, I believe there's, some, there's some explanation for this universe, which you might call God. The third key is my moral obligation. I'm like a firefighter. I've trained. I'm ready. Any firefighter who shows up at a fire untrained shouldn't be called a firefighter. And the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. A workman needs not be ashamed. If you don't know what to say to the ungodly, it's obvious you've never studied it. Everything you wanted to achieve in life, you studied. You studied how to ride a bike as a kid, how to drive a car. You studied the things that you wanted to do. And of all the things you should want to do, it's the will of God to seek and to save that which is lost. So be ready. The Bible says, always be ready to give an answer to those who ask of you the hope that's within you. And so I've studied it. I've studied what Jesus did. I've studied the scriptures. I've read the learned men of God that have gone before me. So when I meet an unsaved person, I get to know them. I say, do you think there's an afterlife? And I learn to take them through the commandments to bring the knowledge of sin. Because there's no point in preaching the cross if someone doesn't realize they're a sinner. And we open up the commandments as Jesus did to bring the knowledge of sin so they'll see their need of a savior, so they see their danger. I preach judgment day, Talk about the reality of hell unashamedly. Tell them that God is rich in mercy, provided a Savior who suffered and died on the cross. Oh, we live to preach Christ and Him crucified, the most incredible news this world could ever hope to hear. And then we tell them that Jesus destroyed death through the resurrection. We're talking about somebody's eternal salvation, so make sure you avoid the methods of modern evangelism. I'm talking about the unbiblical traditions of Asking Jesus into your heart. Asking someone if they want to accept Christ or to pray a sinner's prayer with them. 
These modern traditions have filled the church with false converts and they've filled America with what we call bitter backsliders. There's no greater disservice that we can do to another human being than to lead them in a false profession of faith. It's to give them a parachute filled with holes and then pat them on the back as they're waiting to jump. I know because I once did that. If you'd like to see the tragic statistics of what this unbiblical evangelism has done, please take the time to read this free book. Evangelist Bill Fay said, While reading this book, my heart went into atrial fibrillation. It's that good. There's nothing like it. It's truly from God. Todd Friel of Wretched Radio and Wretched TV said, This book is explosive, eye-opening, jaw-dropping, staggeringly helpful. It's short, it's easy reading, and it's completely free. You can read the book freely online at freewonderfulbook.com. Now let's see where this amazing opportunity went. All right, final question to close our time out here. Yeah, I mean, we're here. We're, you know, the Babylon Bee is a Christian organization, you know, and uh, we're a ministry. We're wondering if you could do us a quick solid and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. (laughs) On the show. Um... Personal Lord, you know, it's a quick prayer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just say, like, I agree with the principles that Jesus advocated, um, and that the, you know, there's some some there's great wisdom in what in, in the teachings of, of Jesus, uh, and I agree with those teachings. Um, and things like turn the other cheek are are very important because as opposed to an eye for an eye, um, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. So forgiveness, you know, is important, and um, treating people as you would wish to be treated, love thy neighbor as thyself, very important. So it's like a 60, 70 percent. As yes, as Einstein would say. I believe in the God of Spinoza. Um, so, um, but hey, if um, you know, if if, if Jesus is, is uh, saving people, I mean, I, I I wouldn't stand in his way. You know, like I'll be sure, I'll be saved. Why not? Sweet, we did it. Yeah. I think he just said yes. We got him. <laughs> All right, we got him. We got him. Now watch this. What's your thoughts on the afterlife? I think that our souls really do go somewhere else into this dimension that we possibly may have explored, I think, through psychedelics and other forms of that type of activity. What about taking LSD to find out what's on the other side? Yeah, I'm not sure of where I go, but I know it's going to be somewhere incredible and amazing because this, our souls are too complex to only be stuck in this dimension. I know that I have faith in where I want to go and being a good person here and the way I... I fulfill my life and my soul on this earth is going to really transcend where I go afterwards. So you are a good person? I like to think so. Absolutely. Are you an educated person? (laughs) Yes. Well read? (laughs) Well read. What's the biggest selling book of all time? I don't know. It's the Bible. Oh, that would make sense, yeah. You believe the Bible? (sighs) I believe the Bible has been rewritten so many times that at this point I'm not sure if we even know it was written to, to begin with. Now, you're sure of that? Um... Yeah. Yeah, it's a game of telephone. We're constantly rewriting it and trying to translate it. And I grew up very religious. In a As very a Christian? 
Yes, in a very Catholic home. My dad is a deacon, actually. Uh, Were you born again? Was I born again? Um, you know what that is? No, Jesus said in John chapter 3, unless you're born again, you're not going to enter heaven. It's very, very clear, so it's important to, to be born again. When you become born again, you become a Christian, whether you're Catholic or Protestant. By being born again, you become a Christian. Are you going to make it to heaven? You're a good person. Have you kept the Ten Commandments? Uh, I don't think I need to keep the Ten Commandments in order to get into heaven, honestly. Really? I've gotten way past that with my religion and my faith in God, where I truth, truly believe that I don't need to, I, I can't live with my husband, my boyfriend, before I marry him, and that's, I'm not going to get into heaven if I do that. So truthfully, I don't, I believe in the Ten Commandments, but I think it takes a lot more for you to get into heaven. All right, test me. Okay. I'm ready. Oh, you're ready? <laughs> How many lies have you told in your life? Many. What do you call someone who's told many lies? A liar. So what are you? A liar. You still think you're a good person? I am. You ever stolen something? <laughs> yes. What do you call someone who steals? A robber. No, a thief. Thief. So what are you? Still a good person. No, what are you if you steal? A thief. Thief. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? Probably not, no. Of course not. That would dishonor her. If you wanted to express disgust, hit your thumb with a hammer and wanted to say the S word, you wouldn't substitute her name in its place. That would sure. be, be a horrible thing to do. And yet you've done that with the name of God, the God that gave you life. When his name is holy, it's called blasphemy. So serious it's punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your patience with me. This is very awkward for you and for me. You can handle it? I honestly, I really enjoy that people still talk about God and have such a strong faith and come out here and talk about it. So oh, that's great. You've made me feel more relaxed. So here we go. <laughs> we're bringing the cannons out now. Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever looked with lust? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you had sex before marriage? No, of course. Yes. So... So I'm not going to heaven. It sounds like that heaven just doesn't want me. And that's a real big shame that because I had sex before marriage that my chances of coming, getting into heaven are limited. And I think that's a really crazy way to look at how God looks at us because overall you should be judged by your life on this earth, not because I told a lie or and I took God's name or I had sex before marriage. There's so much more that goes into your life and what you should be judged on and if that's the way heaven's going to judge then I don't really need to go there Boy, that had a whole stack of stuff in it I know, that's really interesting so, so let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me address the first one and I think it's the basis of everything do you know what the first of the ten commandments is? oh my gosh yes I do oh, not you will not have other gods before me yes it is yes. you right. nailed it yeah and that means don't make up a God in your own image, a God that has no sense of justice or righteousness or truth. I did before I was a Christian. I had a God that I snuggled up to and used to pray to every night, but he was a figment of my imagination, the, shape, the place of imagery. I had an image of God that was erroneous. And from there, I said, well, God doesn't care about right or wrong or fornication or blasphemy or lying or stealing it. You, we do. We'll chase a man to the end of the earth if he's violated the law or if he's seriously done something wrong. That's because we're made in God's image. So the God of the Bible does care about right and wrong. And so back to the question, on Judgment Day, seeing you're a self-admitted, lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterate heart, wow. will you be innocent or guilty if he judges you by the Ten Commandments? Totally guilty. Heaven or hell? I'm going to hell. Now, does that concern you? You know, it used to when I was younger. And as I got older and like really just sat, w sat with myself, 
and was able to make my own choices about God, I learned that I don't have to do everything that the Ten Commandments say. I grew up super religious, and I, try, I question my parents now, too, and hearing a lot of the things that my parents follow and the way that, how closed-minded they are, it really just pushes me further away from... Well, Gerardo, I'm not a Catholic. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something a little different from Catholicism, so if you could be patient with me. It horrifies me, the thought of you ending up in hell. I've just met you, but I care about you, and the thought of you ending up in hell breaks my heart. Now, do you know what the Bible says death actually is? There's a Bible. Yeah, it says death is wages. Did you know that? Is what? Wages. Wages. Yeah, God is paying you in death for your sins. It's like a judge. Court of law sees a heinous criminal that's murdered three young ladies. He says, we're going to pay you in the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. This is what you've earned. And we think lightly of sin. Who didn't lie and steal and fornicate and all that? But God says, because he's holy, that sin is so serious, he's given you capital punishment. Death is evidence that God is serious about sin. And you said before the Bible's changed. You know, I've been reading it every day without fail for about 48 years, and I've never found a mistake in it. I can go back, I can go back to the original Greek and Hebrew. There's no changes. They've been very diligent. And this whole phone conversation, you know, that phone game, that's okay if the person who said the message follows the phone all the way through so it doesn't change. And that's what God has done with his word. He's honored his word. He's kept his word. It hasn't changed. So tell me, brought up a Catholic, see if you know what God did for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell. Do you know? He died. He suffered and died on the cross. Yeah. Now, most people know that, but it doesn't mean much to them because they don't understand one important thought. Let me share it with you and get your thoughts. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said, it is finished just before he died. So, Rhoda, that's a weird thing to say before you die. It is finished. But he was saying the debt has been paid. We broke God's law. Jesus paid the fine. If you're in court and someone pays your fine, a judge can legally let you go. He can say, look, there's a stack of speeding fines here. Serious, but someone's paid him. You're out of here. And he can do that, and he can do that which is legal. And God can legally dismiss your case, take the death sentence off you, let you walk, guilty though you are, and grant you everlasting life as a free gift, not because you're good, but because he's good, rich in mercy, and, a, and he provided to save you, paid our fine, and our stead. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death, and if you will simply repent of your sins, don't confess them to a priest, go straight to God and say, I've done things I know are abhorrent to you that are worthy of the death sentence. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me. That's genuine repentance. And then trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. If you're on a plane 10,000 feet up and you didn't put a parachute on, you're going to perish. But the parachute will be put on because you know you're in danger. That's why people put parachutes on, because they know they're going to hit the ground 120 miles an hour. And what I've tried to do with you today is put the fear of God in you, because I know the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And fear in that sense that makes you put on a parachute is actually good. It's doing you a favor. And fear in this sense, realizing your salvation is at stake, will cause fear to cause you to get right with God and say, I have sinned against you. So please, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I know there's a lot of bathwater with Catholicism and all religions, <laughs> but underneath it there's a real baby. Everlasting life is a free gift of God. And you've been so patient with me. Here's me rattling on, and you didn't butt in, but you listen, and I really appreciate that. You're going to think about what we talked about? I always do. I always like to listen and take it all in because you can only become a wiser and stronger person if you listen to others. 
others who do the research, and others who read the Bible down the line. So I appreciate your time too and pulling well, I'm you. honored that you have listened. Uh, and you're going to think about it seriously? Let's rock and roll, yeah. Yeah, you know why I say the word seriously? <laughs> it's because you don't know when you're going to die. It could be tonight in your sleep, it could be on the way home. 150,000 people die every 24 hours. So think about it and think about the words of Jesus. What shall it profit a man? And that means a woman too. If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Your, your life is so precious. And yep. so think about it with that sense of urgency. I'd like to give you a book that I've written. Is that okay? Sure, thanks. Okay. Let me grab it. Okay. Do you think you'll read it? Cool. Um, I will read it. What did you say about it being interesting? <laughs> um, it's interesting that you come out and you have you have conversations with people for, with people who actually want to listen. And you enjoyed it. I do. And I, I appreciate that you feel so strongly about your belief and you want to come out here and you want to let everybody know. So thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe and click on the notification bell and make sure you don't miss the Living Waters podcast. The Evidence Study Bible will give you everything you've ever wanted to know about subjects such as the theory of evolution, as well as valuable information about cults and different religions, atheism, and biblical archaeology. It also contains hundreds of quality quotes, fascinating articles, amazing scientific facts in the Bible, and so much more. It even includes...
And so watch this. Misha, the king of Moab, was a sheep master and rendered unto the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams with the wool. But it came to pass when Ahab was dead, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And the king Jehoram went out of Samaria at the same time and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Will thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. Okay, so watch this now. Jehoram, watch this. Jezebel and Ahab's son. He's now the king. And when his daddy was the king, watch this, Misha, the king of Moab, would give the rams and the lambs and the wool as an offering. But when, he, when Ahab died, he quit. He said, I did that with your daddy. I don't owe you nothing. And Jehoram, a little young buck, 2017 virgin, pray for me, I have my medicine. He said, look, uh, he calls Jehoshaphat and said, hey, man, come go with me to roll down on this boy. Because if I let him disrespect me, everybody going to start disrespecting me. Okay, y'all know folk like that? You ever had to call your girlfriend and say, come on, girl, ride with me? Get your Vaseline and take them earrings off. It's going to go down. Because if you let one person disrespect you, everybody's going to stop. Okay, y'all with me? And so watch this. Two kings and their armies, Jehoshaphat agreed, uh, uh, and I'll say this in the text later, you got to watch who you hook up with. You need to pick your battles. You don't need to be involved in everybody's drama. Because they'll have you at home crying tears over their relationship. They'll have you and your boo fighting. Okay, y'all going to be rough tonight. Okay. So on the way down, they pick up Edom, the king of Edom and his army. You got three kings, three armies, 10,000 men per regiment army. So 30,000 men, their beasts. And three kings, they're on this journey. Watch verse 9. So the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they fetched the camp a seven days' journey. And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. Somebody shout, they ran out of water. What fool forgot to pack enough water? Could you imagine we finna go somewhere tonight and your only job, you ain't got to lay the outfit out, you ain't got to pick the colors. All you got to do is bring the water and you forget that. Go with me tonight. I'm almost done. Watch this. Verse number 10. And the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. Now they blaming God. Verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there a preacher? Is there a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. One of the servants says, Elijah's water boy is here. <laughs> Watch verse 12. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom, they go down to see Elisha. Watch verse 13. Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What am I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I wouldn't look at y'all or see y'all. He said, if it wasn't for the fact that I respected you or with a righteous man, I wouldn't look at y'all or talk to y'all. Some folk don't know how blessed they are because you're around. 
God didn't let the house get foreclosed on because you got to live in it. He didn't let the car get repossessed because you got to drive it. He didn't let the plant get shut down because you worked there. Yeah, somebody don't know that whole road blessed is setting up because you own it. Look at somebody and tell them you don't know who you standing beside. Yeah, this whole mug is different because I'm up in this seat. All right, all right. We're almost through. That's why the God didn't call you to preach. You can't stand that long. Okay. So watch what he says. He said, I wouldn't look at y'all talking. He said, but now since y'all bought me this issue, watch what he says in verse 15. Bring me now a minstrel. Bring me a worshiper. It came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, tell them, make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. And watch, this is the miracle. This is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. This ain't nothing for God. And he also going to give you the battle and deliver the Moabites in your hands. Before you see it, before you see it, uh, I want to cue in on verse number 16. He says, watch this. After he went to God and worship, and they talked about this problem, they ran out of water. He said, this is what God says. If you need water, make this valley full of ditches. In other words, as many ditches as you dig, that's how much water God going to give you. Okay, okay, all right, watch this. I ain't going to preach long. Y'all messing with my chicken time. Come on, go with me, boo-boo. In other words, if you don't need much water, if you just want a little a cup full of water, go get you a spoon. But if you want something big from God, go borrow a bulldozer. Anybody need a big miracle tonight? Anybody got something big you need God to do? You need your business open. You need to get your book out. You need to get your family together. You need to close on that loan. You need that deal to work out. He says, well, if you need water, make this valley full of ditches. And whatever you dig, God says, I'm going to fill it. And this ain't nothing for me. I want to talk for about 15 minutes. If y'all will help me, we can raise up together. I want to talk about can you dig it. I promise you I'm not going to beg you all night because I ain't got time and it's too tiring and I don't want to sweat out my good suit. Uh, look at somebody on your row real quick. Eyeball to eyeball. If you don't like them, you shouldn't have sat by them. But look at them eyeball to eyeball and say, neighbor with God's help. Come on, they sound like there's more folk in here than that. Come on, say, neighbor with God's help. And our prayer, the guest preacher, is going to talk about, can you dig it? wants to involve man in his miraculous exploits. God wants to include us in many instances and let us in on the miracle. So whenever God got ready to do something in the earth, he used man. Not R.A. male, but anthropos human. Okay, you're looking at me strange. When God got ready to create a race, he used a man named Adam. When he got ready to salvage a race, he used a man named Noah. When he got ready to be a friend for himself, he used a man named Abraham. 
When he got ready to be a king for the race, he used a man named David. When he got ready to build himself a house, he used a man named Solomon. When he got ready to weep for the race, he used a man named Jeremiah. When he got ready to put a race back together, he used a man named Ezekiel. When he got ready to have vision for the race, he used a man named Isaiah. When he got ready to die for the race, he used a man named Jesus. When he got ready to build a New Testament church, he used a man named Paul. And when he got ready to take the city wide and open to the next level, he used a man named Dr. Payne. God uses men. Just look at somebody and tell them God wants to use you. But the only problem with God using folks is, watch this, he uses people who got, watch this, potential, but they also got problems. Uh, let, me, let me go and lay my cards on the table tonight. God uses people, but he uses people that got potential, but they also got problems. Because there's some folk in here tonight, they don't want you to know it, but they got some issues. And sometimes it's you. All right, y'all don't believe me? All your biblical heroes had some issues. Come on, all your favorite Bible characters that you swear by, they all had issues. Adam was he in tech, Noah was a drinker, Abraham was a liar, Isaiah was a daydream, Isaac was a daydreamer, Jacob was a deceiver, Leah was ugly, Joseph talked too much, Moses stuttered, Martha was a warrior, Gideon was a scaredy cat, Samson was a womanizer, David was a hoe, Rahab was a prostitute, Elijah was suicidal, Ezekiel was paranoid, schizophrenic, Naomi was a widow, Peter was a denier, everybody in the Bible you name had some trouble. You want to sit up in here tonight like you ain't never done nothing, smoked nothing, drank nothing, slept with nobody. You ain't never had the urge. And some of you like stuff I used to do, I don't do no more. It ain't that you ain't do it, you just can't do it. You ain't holy, you're sick. Deacon, I don't chase women no more. You got arthritis won't let you get out the bed. And if you get out the bed and chase her, what you gonna do with her? You can't do nothing without them little blue pills. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot where I was, Dr. Payne. I ain't had my medicine. Y'all pray for me. Big mama, them good, they ought to stop letting them good come to church with them little shout dresses on. You wear a mini skirt, but don't nobody want to tell them Pharisees bangs and all that stuff. Nobody will see what you got no more, baby. Your day is over. Let her have her season. Come on, I'm too fat to run and too big to hide. It's hot up here. Come on now. Somebody shout, God wants to use me. So here it was now. He uses this boy named Jehoram. The text is tailored to teach us preachers. Since y'all done got quiet and drew up on me because I said some stuff. Uh, let me just go and help us tonight. The text is tailored to teach us tonight. Number one, watch this. That a bend in the road ain't the end of the road. Something about Christians because you forgot the fact that God is not on your payroll. So when stuff don't happen, when you want to see it happen, you start getting spiritually sluggish and losing your faith. I got two words for you tonight. Number one, God don't wear a watch. 
Number two, just because things don't work out the way you plan don't mean they can't still work out. Sometimes, Tolan Morgan, my friend, said something interesting. He said, sometimes God will give you successful failures. Successful failure, Dr. Wheelock. It's when God will let you take on something and won't stop you from doing it, let you fail at it, so you got to come back to him and realize that you couldn't do it without him in the first place. Because we good for doing stuff and then bringing God up in the real. We go jump in relationships he didn't ordain. We let folk in our lives that he didn't call or, or ordain for us to be with. We have hooked up with folk that we had no business. Oh, I'm the only one in here that's ran with some folk, had cut buddies and folk that I hung out with that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. Okay, y'all want to be the TBNN crowd tonight, the TBN crowd. I'm on my way down your road, boo-boo. I'm coming for you tonight. Here it is. I got 10 more minutes. Go with me. Jehoram called Jehoshaphat, a righteous king, and said, come go with me to battle. Sometimes we end up in precarious situations because we hanging out, watch this, with polluted partnerships. Somebody shout polluted partnerships. I said last night, you need to hang out with people that compliment you and not complicate you. Half of your issues would go away if you start hanging around the right grade of people. Some people are beneath you. It don't mean that you boozy, arrogant, or better. We just ain't going in the same direction. I don't need nobody that's calling me to go down. I need somebody that's pushing me to my purpose. I don't need these uh, haters in disguise. I need some folk that's really for me. Don't say you for me. I need some folk that's really for me. Get away from people that have your problems and get around people that have your answer. All right, let me go on because y'all about to put me to sleep. Okay, here it is, here it is. The Bible says, the Bible says that, watch this, that they, Jehoshaphat agreed to go with them on this journey to straighten out King Misha Moab. Watch this. And so they decide to go to pay this boy a visit, and they get their armies together. Watch this. Here it is. They pick up king of Edom because they go through Edom. So now you got three armies, three kings, and watch this. All these beasts, 30,000 folks on a trip for seven days, and they run out of water. Somebody shout, that's a problem with potential. The reason I say it's a problem with potential is what I've realized in life, I've gotten old enough to realize i got to stop cursing my problems. Number one, let me bless you tonight. Number one, here it is, and I write about it in the book, is that when words leave your mouth, they run into your future to make happen what you say. So maybe part of your problem with depression and you're always broken, you're always going through, is because you're cursing the ground you walk on. See, I'm from the country. They say it's a sad dog that won't wag his own tail. You might curse, but I ain't going to curse it. I, I changed my language.
language because when words leave my mouth, they run into my future to make happen what I say. I'm not going to speak loneliness over myself. I'm not going to speak depression over myself. I ain't broke. I'm just between checks. All right, watch this. Watch this, okay. All right, all right, the preachers are abandoning me. Let me move on. Uh, watch this here. Uh, they go down on this journey. Everybody shout, they run out of water. And watch what happens. Here it is. Watch this. Y'all watch this. They run out of water. Y'all watch this. This is what really blessed me. When they run out of water, this is what happened. Then they say, let's go see the preacher. After it got back. After bad got worse, they say, let's go see the prophet. I told you last night the word prophet is translated as pontificator. It means bridge builder. Let me help you with something. Stop letting mainstream media in America, mainstream media, demonize the clergy and the preacher and the pulpit. Because it's going to come a season, child of God, where you're going to need the preacher. You're going to need the word that's in his belly for your situation. You go, it's, and it's some stuff only a preacher can say. Yeah, you go down to the justice of peace, get you some borrowed, some blue, some old, some new, all you want. But at the end of the day, God ain't going to honor that thing until you go get a preacher. To say, dearly beloved, here we are gathered today in the sight of God and all these witnesses to join together, brother, sister, so, and sister, so-and-so in holy matrimony. If there's anybody here to see any reason why they should not be betrothed to each other, speak now and forever hold your peace. And then after going through vows and ring exchanging before any rice throwing, the man of God got to say, and now with the power invested in me, before God and the state of California, I now pronounce you man and wife. Only the preacher can say that. Only the preacher. Why y'all so quiet? You're making me nervous. I told you 20 minutes, but if you act like you ain't got nowhere to go, I think you want to be here longer. Only the preacher can say when your loved ones have moved on from these celestial shores to terrestrial shores. Only the preacher can say in the graveside when you're standing there with tears running down your face. Only the preacher can say for as much as it is pleased. The almighty God to take out of the world unto himself. I dearly beloved brother and sister, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. We now commit their body to the ground, ashes to ashes, earth to earth, dust to dust, until the general resurrection in that day where John shall blow his trumpet and the dead in Christ shall rise and the sea shall give up their dead. Only the preacher. Somebody shout, we're going to need a preacher. Now, let me help you with why your issue is with the preacher. Number one, when a preacher make a mistake, you want to make us go to heaven when it's all right for you to go to hell. So he stood with you when you was going through infidelity, when you cheated, when you stole, when your children got in trouble. He showed up at the courthouse, wrote a letter to the judge, and now he cut his toenail. You said, we need to get rid of Rev. I ain't talking about y'all, I'm talking about your cousin now. They went to the prophet. Lockwood, look what he says. He says, watch this. If it wasn't for I regard Jehoshaphat, 
I wouldn't look at y'all as dust. Some folk don't know how blessed they are because God connected them to you. Sometimes your children don't even appreciate till we're dead and gone. The kind of mama and daddy that God gave them that wouldn't let them run the street with everybody. Told them stop hanging out with the wrong crowd. Tell them to slow down and take their time. Made them stay at home sometime when they wanted to go out. And sometimes folks don't realize what they got because you can be so close on a miracle and not even realize it. Look at somebody and tell them you don't know who you sitting beside. Watch this. Watch this child of God. He says, but watch this. He says, he goes into prayer. The word prayer there is prosukamai. It's, it's a triple compound Greek word. Pros means to lay prostrate before God. It means to lay face down. Watch this. Euch is where we get the word eulogy, which means to speak well of. And then kamai is where we get our English word wish. In other words, when you lay before God, you ought to worship before you wish. But I believe one of the reasons some of us can't get breakthrough is because when we go to God, we treat God like he's some kind of spiritual sugar daddy. Some of y'all treat God like he's a cosmic Santa Claus and come like he's a cosmic bellhop. Come when you call him and go when you send him. I mean, I wouldn't come to you if you didn't call me, but every time something was wrong. You don't call the police unless something's wrong. When last time you called the police, they said, hey, Captain, how y'all doing? Y'all need some more donuts? You don't call the fire department unless something's burning. And that's the way we treat God. We go dragging to God with these depressed moments with tears gushing out of our eyes like your pain is going to move God. But I got a wake-up call for you tonight. God is not moved by your emotion. God is moved by your faith. Okay, come here, child of God. It's in Bible country if you ain't throw it out. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It didn't say without a nervous breakdown. It without faith, it's impossible to please God. It didn't say talking about the problem and cussing everybody out. Without faith, it's impossible. All right, I done lost everybody in this section, so let me preach to y'all over here. If you ain't going to say amen, at least look amen, because I'm getting wet and I shave my head and it's hurting up here under this heat. Is that in your Bible? Watch this. Here it is. And then he says, bring me a worshiper. Bring me somebody that can get in touch with heaven. Bring me somebody that is a minstrel. Bring me a Levitical worshiper. Watch this. Bring me somebody that know how to get in touch with heaven. I'm going to say something tonight. Y'all might not invite me back, but since I got the mic and it's the only sermon I got, I'm going to say it like I feel it. I'm so sick of all these spiritual superstars. No wonder we can't feel the anointing no more because it's too much flesh on display. Come on now. You, you mean, I, remember, I remember the choir. Any old school folk in here remember the real choir? I'm talking about Dr. Payton march down the aisle with them long robes. Wasn't nobody trying to outdress nobody because you can see what we had on under them long jokers. Hot and we come in soon and very soon. 
I'm sick of us in church now where we got to do all this energy to get you involved in the moment. See, all this comfort and all this cushion that messed us up. In the original tabernacle, there were no pews. Everybody stood doing worship. We ain't got bowing clothes no more. Somebody shout, he prayed. So God gives them a process. He says, if you want water, God says, make this valley full of ditches. Watch this. Watch this. This was shouting the doubt. Stop pardon. This is what got me. God does not always give you what you pray for. God gives you what you're prepared for. Why, why God going to give you a mansion and your apartment nasty? Why God going to give you a Benz and we get in your car and we scared we're going to get scabies and bed bugs? We got to step over 12 chicken bones and four jack-in-the-box boxes to get on the seat. Scared we're going to get out of there with hives and Ebola. Why God going to give you a nice car and you won't keep the one you got clean? Why God going to give you a husband and you can't keep a boyfriend? Here I come, boo-boo. I'm coming to y'all row next. Somebody shout process. Here's the process. Here's the process. I'm ready to preach it. He said, watch this. If you want God to give you water, God said, make this valley full of ditches. Since some of y'all acting like it's slow, I want to show you tonight what ditch digging look like. When you need God to do something, you can't be cute. You can't be bougie. You can't worry about public opinion. You might have to put your back into it. Okay, y'all slow. Let me go over here. Either we're going to work on the marriage or we're not going to work on the marriage, but quit bringing up the affair and dig another ditch. Okay, y'all slow. I got to go back over here with Big Mama and Faye Mayquisha now. Trump in office, let's get over it and dig another ditch. Okay, y'all acting funny. Let me see if I got some help right here. Sometimes you got to come out of them stilettos, get away from that neck makeup, throw your hair in the bonnet, put you some jogging pants on. You can't lose weight looking at Mari talking about who the baby daddy is. You got to walk around the block. You might can't afford a gym membership, but it's free to walk around the block. Dig! A ditch! Get that business plan back out. Go update your glamour shot. And dig. Yeah. Another ditch. Yeah. 
tonight. Oh, but I came by here to tell somebody. God told me to tell you, dig another ditch. Have I got a witness tonight? And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. But whatever it is you've been going through, don't worry about what happened yesterday. It's ditch digging time. Have I got myself a witness? And if you don't mind tonight, I want to know, is there anybody here that want to have a practice session? Have I got a witness? Because I want you to leave here tonight with ditch digging on your mind. Have I got a witness? If you ain't too mean and you ain't too low down, get your spiritual shovel out and we're going to have a practice session. Have I got a witness? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're not too mean, you might want to scoot over some. This a construction zone. Have I got a witness? If you ready for God to fill your ditch, come on, get that spiritual shovel out, and we're going to dig again. Shake somebody's hand for the next to the last time. Come on, you ain't shaking no hand. And say, neighbor, it's digging time. Have I got a witness tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Hall. I'm you invited me this week. I need to come to Oakland tonight to tell somebody you can dig again. Yeah. So what you got a divorce? It's more fish in the sea. Dig. Dig again. So what you had a baby out of wedlock? Half us don't know how we got here no way. Dig another ditch. So what you dropped out of school? They still got night school. Dig another ditch. Yeah. God is able to fill your ditch. If he's able to create a global ball, dip it in a dreary mist, hang the sun as a golden medallion across the neck of the sky so the moon could prep at night. He can fill your ditch. If he's able to make a lunar-looking glass out the moon, dip incandescent to the stars, dip liquidity to water, and viscosity to oil, root to the dog, and meow to the cat. He's able to fill your ditch. Are you ready? Get that shovel out, and we gon' dig until you get your joy back. Dig till you come out of depression. Dig till you get your peace back. Dig till you fix your hair. Dig till you buy yourself a dress. Dig till you buy yourself a ring. Are you ready? When I count to three, I want you to dig like your life depends on it. Are you ready? One, two, dig till you get your joy. 
you don't want nothing, you watching me. Where my dick is at?
give God praise in the house tonight. Just help me, dig again. That ministry ain't dried up, dig again. Don't give up on that husband, dig again. When you get tired, you gotta dig some more. Dig when you don't feel like it. Dig. Dig. I'm done. I'm done. Bro, President, can I pray? Can I pray, Brother President? I, um, anybody got digging on your mind? Anybody in a spirit of digging right now? I mean, just the enemy tried to trick you into thinking it was over. God said you ain't even got started.
Just say 